Hi, this is Jindo. Welcome to True Leaf. My brother Brad asks a very good question. Are we artisans or artists, maybe wandering troubadours and musicians, or are we clergy, ministers? The answer to me in my heart is yes, except no, and I don't know, and I really don't care, because we are what we are. But let me say this. If you lose, as Brad points out so rightly, the spontaneity, the creativity, the freedom, the making it up to fit this moment as you go along, if you miss knocking down the walls of tradition and stuffiness, then you lose a lot of the heart of this beautiful Zen way. But on the other hand, a lot of those traditions, the rules, the stuffiness is also at the heart of this tradition. You know, back in Dogen's day, back with all the old Zen teachers, the life of a Zen monk was really confining. And you were to find the freedom in that confinement. Dogen, that old anal retentive, would prescribe everything from how to brush your teeth to the position you were to sleep in. You're supposed to sleep on a certain side with your hand a certain way. And he laid out page after page of rules on how to do this. And he set up a temple bureaucracy too. I'm going to tell you about that in a second. But first I want to tell you about this guy, Alan Watts. See this book, Beat Zen, Square Zen? This whole discussion is nothing new. Fifty years ago, Alan was having the same talk. He was making the same point. Here he says, Now the underlying lawlessness of Beat Zen disturbs the square Zen it's very seriously for square Zen is the Zen of established tradition in Japan with its clearly defined hierarchy its rigid discipline and its specific tests of Satori more particularly it is the kind of Zen adopted by Westerners studying in Japan who will before long be bringing it back home but there is an obvious dis difference between square Zen and the common garden squareness of the Rotary Club or the Presbyterian Church because square Zen is infinitely more imaginative, sensitive and interesting, but it is still square because it is a quest for the right spiritual experience for a Satori which will receive the stamp, Inca, of approval and established authority there will even be certificates to hang on the wall Alan's right you know if you go to either extreme if you just have chaos and anyone doing what they want and hanging up a shingle on the Zen teacher and teaching any old bullshit, well, that is chaos. That's just crazy. There is something at the heart of this that needs to be passed on from generation to generation, and a lot of those old traditions are worth keeping around. On the other hand, if you get caught in the stifleness, the rules, the regulations, the right way and the wrong way to do things, you lose something too. Part of this practice is finding freedom and liberation in the heart of those binding and confining rules. It's nothing new. See, this uh, phone book, for those of you who are old enough to remember what a phone book is, this is just part of the Buddha's Vinaya from back in the day. And at that time, the Buddha, also kind of an anal retentive, would prescribe for his monks everything right down to the kind of underwear they were supposed to wear right down to the kind of drinks they were supposed to drink at snack time. Here, for example, is a list of the Buddha's allowed and disallowed 
juices. You know, when you're thirsty, want to cool down, you may drink of the mango juice, or the jumbo syrup, or the planton syrup. You may use the mocha syrup with honey. You may drink grape juice. You may drink syrup made from the edible root of the water lily. But do not drink juice prepared from corn, nor licorice juice. Stay away from that licorice juice. That was true in the Buddhist time. Now you may think that when we became Zen folks a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, we were free of all that. We were not Vinaya monks. Well, that's true, but not because Dogen basically took many of those rules in almost as much detail and made his rules for the temple community. This is it, the Ehe Shingi, or part of it, because there's actually much, much more, some of it in the Shobo Genzo. And here he laid down a whole bureaucracy and system within the temple of Eheji for running things. There were things to do. You know, being a monk is more than just sitting. Let me make this clear. When we sit, there is just sitting. That's all there is to Zen, just sitting. When you sit, it is the only place to do the only thing that needs to be done in all time and space. But let me tell you, when you rise up from the, co from the cushion, there's a lot to be done, places to go and people to see. Here, for example, uh, Dogen spells out in great detail the role of his temple director, that one of the guys who's responsible for keeping the whole operation together. He, as temple director, responds to government officials. He's in charge of overseeing the assembly's meetings with the abbot, taking charge of uh, documents that designate appointees, arranging to send messages of gratitude or congratulations to other temples, gathering the assembly for ceremonies, meeting together with donors, extending congratulations and condolences as appropriate in fortune or misfortune, keeping accounts of lending and borrowing of the temple, deciding the temple's annual budget, watching over the supply of money and grain, supervising expenses and incomes, and making arrangements for receiving food and other materials for celebrations. You see, there's a lot to be done. Now that was back in Aheji, but even if you're a fellow with a small sitting group, you still have rent to pay or a room to acquire and you have uh, maybe uh, zafus to, to purchase and lights to pay, a light bill and this and that. There's money involved. And when there's money involved, things can go wrong. You need some oversight. You need some regulations. If you have... Uh, young uh, women coming to your uh, group and uh, they, you are a male teacher who might be uh, a heterosexual and there's close contact there and maybe you have some uh, influence over this young woman who's come, there's a chance. You, you know what the chance is because it's happened in any number of Sangha and we need uh, some ethical standards to say that the relationship of teacher and student, some care must be taken there. That's not that there cannot be uh, good and honest sexual relations, private relations between someone who came as a student and a teacher, they're grown adults, but we need to take care there because of the people coming are, well, often impressionable, often at times of emotional uh, crossroads in their lives. Often they're looking to the person is the teacher for spiritual guidance and it's very uh, easy to turn that into getting the person into your bed. It's happened. It doesn't happen with all teachers, but it's happened enough we have to be cautious. Money, sex, 
drugs too. We need rules. And we need rules so that not anyone who says, I'm a Zen teacher and hangs out a shingle and puts on a funky robe is truly who they say they are. We have all kinds of charlatans and phonies floating around the world saying, I'm guru this or I'm Zen master that and got some robe and some funky name, Dharma Dhamma Dhamma do we need some way, some say, way to say, you know, this person actually has had some training. This person actually has had a little bit of education in the traditions and the history of what we are passing on. Someone has looked at this person and said they actually have something enlightened and illuminating to pass on and they actually know what they're doing. Or do we just let Gama 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 hang out his shingle and teach whatever he wants? Let the buyer beware. Isn't it a middle road? Now there are organizations such as the Soto Zen Buddhist Association and the American Zen Teachers Association that are trying to find that middle road. They're saying we need some standards about money because we're handling money. We need some standards about sex because there's a possibility for abuse. We need some standards about who can hang out a shingle as gama 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 and who is basically a guy who bought a cheap road from China and you know is just pretending. Not to say that everyone with an official robe is a great teacher, and not to say that Gama 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 with the cheap robe from China doesn't have anything to teach, but we need some way to say that this person has received some uh, training in uh, traditional ways, and this other person maybe is kind of making it up as they go along. That is the role of these organizations. Now, I rub noses with these organizations too, bump noses when I think they've gotten a little too, um, how to say, rule conscious and, and hidebound. In a few days at our Tree Leaf Sangha, we're having our Jukai. Our Jukai will be uh, consist of people from several different countries, Mexico, in Europe, in North America, here in Japan, simultaneously gathering to sit Jukai and we do it by putting a camera on the computer and at the time the, the camera is on the computer all these people participate in the ceremony and it's beautiful we've been doing this for several years well the Soto Zen Buddhist Association said no if you're going to have the ceremony you must be sitting in the same room you cannot do it across continents across space and time you cannot use a, cam uh, a camera good for them we're going to do it anyway. So I don't agree with everything they're saying. Sometimes those rules can be uh, too high-bound. But I consider myself clergy too. I'm also an artist. I'm also an artisan. I train students, however, to carry on these traditions. I'm very concerned that our students at Treeleaf, who will be priests in the future, know something about the history, know something about uh, how to bow, know something about the meaning of uh, these beautiful teachings, know how to pierce right through a koan, are illuminating and illuminating people who will do no harm to their students. We make sure of that in our sangha. We have rules and standards. And people come to me in the sangha, even though I'm there not to, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a counselor, but people come to me in the sangha and they say, you know, uh, Jundo, you teach about life and death. I have cancer. Will you help me come through this? 
I'm getting a divorce. I've lost my business. I'm in a crisis in my life. What do I do? Send them away? No. I talk to them. I try to bring the Buddhist teachings into practice in these people's very serious turning points in their life. And I would say in doing so, yes, I'm clergy. I'm ministering to people. That is part of this spiritual practice. Always has been in Dogen's time. In Hui Nung's time when he counseled his lay uh, students at times in their lives. In the Buddhist time. Are we artisans? Are we artists? Yes. Are we clergy and ministers? Sure. Are we beyond all names and descriptions? Absolutely. May I play my musical instrument now? <laughs>